we met some awesome people here. People like Matt McFarlane, Tim Brewer, um, Andrew Larson from Larson Ventures, um, and a whole bunch of other like really um, open-minded, forward-thinking angels who I think invested in us as a team more than an idea because it was still very early and invested in us because they knew that um, our roots were here and it would come back to Perth and help their ecosystem. Welcome to Startup West, the podcast about building great startups in sunny West Australia. I'm Charlie Gunningham. And I'm Beth Cornelia. And today we are talking to the CEO and co-founder of Humtech, Ian McIntyre. Now, I remember meeting Ian a few years ago when he and a few clever UWA guys were looking at developing something in the neurological brain space, something to make us think and work better. It was all a bit beyond me. Well, (laughs) today we got to have a good chat to Ian about what that actually looks like now in his company and how they've since developed HUM. They've been through Perth's Plus 8 Tech Accelerator and they won a place and investment at the Skydeck Accelerator at the University of Berkeley in California. Mm -hmm. So he and his team are now based in Silicon Valley. So we caught up with him on a recent trip to Perth to talk about how his startup is humming along. Well, welcome to Startup West, Ian. Nice to have you here. Thank you for having me. Flying visit to Perth. How long are you around for? Here for two weeks. All right, excellent. Good to have you on Startup West. Um, Now, as a brave pioneer from WA startup scene, you're now based over in the States. Can you tell us a little about what that's been like and and how's it going for Humtech at the moment? Yeah, yeah. So... Uh, about a, a year ago, we decided to flip up, which is what they say when you jump over the big pond and become <laughs> right. a United States company. Um, that was after having been a company here for a year and really just having done exploratory work, building a network, meeting people that can help us, learning from doing the Murray Day Accelerator. Um, but we got an opportunity to go over there and had always known that we wanted to go there. Right. The big difference for us, um, our startup is very peculiar. Like We're doing a very interesting thing involving the brain, involving hardware involving kind of like a developing area of science. Um, you so better explain what Humtech is then. <laughs> I was gonna, that was yeah. going to be my very next question. Yeah. What is Humtech? What does the company do? Yeah, yeah. So um, we've been figuring that out since we started. <laughs> like we started with a very wild, big idea, um, which was it came out of two things. One, that my co-founders and I graduated college, or we call it university over here, right? Mm. Getting used to calling it college. Um, <laughs> and um, we were just confronted with the reality that for the next like 50 years of our working lives, we're just going to have to learn increasingly rapidly. Um, and that technology wasn't really enabling us to learn faster so much as putting us out of jobs. Um, so we thought, how could we kind of take that on? At the same time as having come upon this area of research, my co-founder, Dr. Tim Fiore, was doing research using powerful magnets on the brain to help people walk again. That was about seven or eight years ago. Um, we put those two things together and, and for this last seven years ago of, uh, of time, we were reading the developments and the research and realized that there was this field of transcranial stimulation where you put electricity and modulate what goes on in the brain right. to cause people to learn faster. Um, and we could see some particular papers and theories within that that we thought were ready to come out of the lab. So we decided to build a company around that idea. And um, when I say we've been figuring it out for the last two years, we were presented with an infinite number of options about how we might go about that. Could have been a medical company, helping people with learning disabilities or ADHD or yeah. mild cognitive impairment even. Um, we could have been a consumer company. It's kind of where we landed. We could have also been like a deep science company for years, developing novel mm-hmm. algorithms and things like that. Where we've landed today is that we're actually taking those results that people are getting in the labs and putting them into stuff that people can use and get benefit out of today. Um, and so the big flip up to the United States was because there's a lab in San Francisco, which is the world leading labs called Neuroscape based at UCSF. And that's where we wanted to be. We wanted to be partnered with that lab and doing research and 
also San Francisco just is at the forefront of developing technology and, and the way that people commercialize like things like this that are just- So they'd already seen this. They've already got a lab that's looking at this. Yeah, yeah. So there are two labs in the world that are really good at what we do. Ah. Um, there are lots of labs that do the neuroscience, but they're like clinical world leaders, as in the people who do medical or human population studies, looking at what are the translational effects of the fundamental neuroscience, so what happens when you do it to real people with real problems. Right. They're New York University and University of California, San Francisco, which is two really big medical and neuroscience institutions. So that's why we're there. And you've ended up with a band that people put on their forehead. Is that right? I saw yeah. that launched recently because I yeah. get your email, I think, on your e-newsletter. <laughs> yeah. yeah, It's working. Um, people read it. <laughs> so what's that called? Um, that, that band that you've seen is called The Edge. The Edge, yeah. that's right. Great. Yeah, okay. So giving people an edge. Right. Actually, at the moment, we're working on a really big update to the product. We've had a, a couple of very exciting breakthroughs that I can't talk too much about. But, right. Um, undergoing the patent process and um, getting some new investments. And is the board. idea still aimed at esports players to give them an edge when they're playing professional esports? Is that very, the idea? Yeah, good question. So when we first started, it was a very vague group of people who we were looking at. We are looking at like students, kind of people like us. Oh. I think naturally as a startup founder, you kind of sympathize with people who have the experiences that you do and you understand. Um, after a while, we realized that we needed like a more of a niche place to put the technology. It's just a good idea. You might've heard from these kinds of podcasts that like understanding a smaller group of customers means that you can um, commercialize faster and better. We ended up in esports, right. but since then I've actually moved from esports. Ah. We had a lot of learnings um, to do with what the esports industry is like, what, what it like compares to, how you scale from it. And it ended up not being the right place for us to start, although there were a lot of good theoretical reasons to think it was. Mm -hmm. Now we're actually looking at older adults, people who are like 50 to 70 and have declining memory because we've tested our tech with a lot of different groups of people, younger people, older people, people with different like cognitive disabilities. And we find that the people who are getting older but still have like a financial incentive and reason to want their brain to be working the best, they're the best customer for what we're doing. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Fantastic. Okay. Mm. So can you tell us a little bit about what it's like living over there and, and mm -hmm. what's uh, a yeah, an the aspiring, differences, I suppose. Yeah, what yeah. an aspiring uh, startup from Perth could expect if they were to get an opportunity like what you've had. Yeah, yeah. So the, I'll, I'll tell you in order of the things that came into my mind when I moved over there, <laughs> um, which is not necessarily the positives first, right? Mm -hmm. um, so San Francisco is in America and America has a very different kind of way of life, particularly California um, is very progressive and then also, you know, you get the kind of, the MAGA kind of side of things as well, like the real conservatives. So there's a lot of like conflict that you notice mm. like on the streets, you see protests and stuff. Um, there's a lot of like wealth inequality. That's another thing that you notice when you land in San Francisco, the, the homelessness problem is a very complicated problem. It's not as simple as that people don't care or that um, technology companies are bad, um, but it's confronting. Uh, and then it's very like, there are a lot of people in San Francisco, a lot of very interestingly different people. Um, <laughs> but then the, the positives are, there's so much to do. There's so many different people who are at the forefront of like different ways of thinking. The extremeness of Americans, like the polarity of people um, means that no matter who you are, there's like a group of people you can identify with and learn from. Um, and San Francisco in particular just has so much going on in science and technology. It's got so, a cool awesome. vibe to it, the city, isn't it? San yeah. Francisco? Yeah. Different to New York or other places where maybe you've got a harder edge. It's got a coolness I think so. to it. Mm, I think so. But quite expensive. Very, yeah, <laughs> very. I actually am lucky in my team to live in Berkeley, which is a little bit less expensive. It's more of like a college environment. Did that come with the accelerator? Right. Yeah, so UC You're Berkeley um, put some money into us and brought us over and helped us to set up. Um, and so we're actually based at UC Berkeley. And how um, many of them, how many are there of you now? 
of our company. Yeah. Yeah, there's um, six full-time people. Um, and then we have a couple of part-time collaborators, a part of a couple of contractors. You had four or five in Perth, all yeah. about the same sort of age. Did they all go over? Yeah, yeah. And they're all still there? Yeah, yeah. And we've um, picked and up a couple of people. Another yeah. one or two awesome. people. Two recently graduated young people who want to be the leaders of our company in the future and kind of like building from scratch, yeah. Fantastic. So to bring it back from from the States to Perth, can you tell us where where this all began? Or actually, even just where your, your beginnings. So mm. you were born and raised in Perth. Yep. Yep. You went to school here. Yep. Yep. So can you talk us through what you're what you were naturally inclined towards? I'm presuming the sciences. Yeah. Yeah. It's a good question. So all of my co-founders and I, I think, are pretty typical of Perth. Actually, we're not particularly interesting, weird, out there people. <laughs> I think you're underselling yourself. But continue. Well, um, I think it's, I think it's important to say that because I, I hear a lot of people when I like today I was walking down the street on St George's Terrace and I run into people that kind of went down the path that I was going to go down. Mm. And, and I think they think that I'm really different, like special, but I'm not. Um, right. I just have been uniquely lucky and I guess brave, to be honest, because mm-hmm. it is a bit scary sometimes. Um, but you don't have to be like super different person to do a startup. It's actually a pretty normal. It's, what, so they've got normal jobs. Yeah, as you <laughs> call it. And they look at you yeah. as like, wow, you're really living doing. the dream over Yeah, a lot of people are like, wow, Francisco. how do you do that? Like, how do you know all this stuff? And I'm like, I don't know, I'm making it up. <laughs> as you go along, bumping into poles. <laughs> yeah, yeah, get like lots of help Let's from not people. do any more of that. Let's <laughs> yeah. do more of that stuff. Yeah, yeah, I've yeah, been very lucky to, to get a lot of help as well. Um, so at school, you were a bit of a science nerd? Yeah, um, all, I think that's the uniting characteristic of all the people <laughs> that started my company. Yeah. <laughs> Everyone so you're all school science. friends? Yeah, three yes. of us went to high school together. Fantastic. One of us, um, my, my co-founder Ahmed and I knew each other from primary school as well. Wow. Um, all of us had like studied chemistry and physics and stuff together. Right. Always had like scientific conversations, always idolized people like Elon Musk. Yeah. Um, and yeah, all of us were going into like really like standard professional, what I would call like Perth professional, young professional route. Um, I was going into law. I studied physics as well. My co-founder Tim was a medical doctor for three years before we did this. Um, so he obviously studied medicine and surgery. Um, and then Ahmed um, studied engineering, but was actually going into investment banking, working at Macquarie. Um, and Chris um, was probably about to do a PhD for NASA before this. He was an engineer. so And he went over and worked at NASA in California for a little so while. So why the law if you're a bit of a science nerd? Or was that in your family or just something you thought? It's a really interesting question, hey. job. It's funny to think back to school and I think, why did you end up doing what you did? Hmm. Um, I always thought I wanted to be a lawyer. Funny thing was, my sisters never thought they did and they ended up being lawyers and I didn't end up being a lawyer. Um, <laughs> funny how it ends up. I guess I was good at it. Um, and I thought... You started out as it. Yeah. How long yeah. were you a lawyer for? Um, I'm actually not technically a lawyer. Oh, yeah. Okay. Um, I never actually graduated. So it was okay. kind of funny when I'm in like the law magazine and stuff. Um, I gotcha. dropped. I dropped my last four units of law to do this, which distressed my mother. Uh, <laughs> you got so close. Yeah. In Perth, in particular. And I worked in the courts and for a, a law firm for a while, so I got a good experience of what it was going to be like. But decided that I wanted to do this more. And so yeah. you just dived. All four of you dived headfirst into Hum and and yeah. just started. Well, it was a good nine months of being part time. Um, gotcha. Six months of which we were in the Murdy program, Telstra's accelerator, which was awesome. Like really taught us the basics of the skills What's we use. We call plus eight. Yeah, yeah, so plus eight. Perth, yeah. Plus eight's With a collaboration. Timber as your entrepreneur in residence? Timber was amazing. 2017? Yeah. That was that 2017. Was, yeah, a couple of years yeah. ago now. Yeah. So we applied for the plus eight program, which is half space cubed, and, and I, 
I don't know how much actually of each, yep. but like a collaboration between Space Cubed, which is first Western Australia's um, startup. Seven West Media, Hawaiian yep. are involved, a few others, yeah. And then okay. Telstra runs a thing called Murdy, which I think span out of Telstra's innovation labs a long time ago. Um, yeah. And you just finished your degree then? You then thought, okay, there's an accelerator. Uh, there's, I think, 40 grand for small percentage of your company. You'd formed a company and said, right, was it like the opportunity to do it for real? Mm. Yeah, like, a, yeah. This will make a startup and do it. We, um, we'll all quit our jobs and we'll do it. We Those stumbled, of us have got jobs. We stumbled into it, yeah. we um, Three of us actually started really getting serious about this in 2016. And the first thing we ever did that actually showed a commitment to that beyond just like regular conversations, meetups, um, we went and participated in a Space Cubed. Um, it was a, a hackathon mm-hmm. run by um, HBF collaborating with Space Cubed. All right. um, and people like Matt McFarlane were judges um, and there were lots of really good mentors and we got feedback on that. We won the Mentors Choice Award, which felt a bit like a consolation prize because it was like, <laughs> oh, we thought we had a good business idea. <laughs> but um, it gave us the confidence to keep going. About right. six months after that, we applied for Plus 8 and said, right. if we get into this, it would be a really good way to learn the stuff we don't feel like we have any idea. Good signal do. as well. You've and got then, something. Yeah, we met Tim Brewer and I think he really wanted us um, to do what we were saying we were going to do and contribute back to Perth. And, and during Plus yeah. 8, you would have got the chance to go to... California and Silicon Valley as that well. That was one of the, for like, the first time, mm, I'm guessing. That was the yeah, that was the first time. Yeah, we actually spent a month in the states, um, making the most of the opportunity and the push um, that Tim Brewer in particular gave us um, to go and like see how big this could get. Um, obviously, we'd been looking at a lot of scientists for a long time, and we were really keen to meet them and tell them our idea and see what they thought. Um, so that's what we spent a lot of time doing before we went to California. We went to Boston. We went to New York. Um, we went to a couple of like awesome DARPA facilities um, hmm. where we met the military contractors who'd done some other fundamental research, things like that. Um, but California, we landed in to meet the UCSF people, which is the people we now work with, and um, we're pretty blown away by the work we were doing there. They were doing there, so right. we ended up moving over. Yep. That was at the end of Plus 8, the end of 2017, then the opportunity, I think, in early 2018 or mid-2018, yeah. I think. About yeah. June, I think. was. Yeah, it was all a rush. June um, 2018. We got um, offered it. We went and um, interviewed in April um, after being invited over by Logitech, who were running a conference right. to do with the stuff that we were doing. Um, because which, the story of you moving to Silicon Valley was the most read story on Startup News in 2018. Cool. I don't know if you know that, but yeah. it's the number one story of the I'm year. very proud of that. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah. So you um, must have shared it far and wide. Anyway, no, but it got interest. It yeah, got real yeah, genuine yeah. interest. Yeah. That here's a startup we've all heard of doing something quite funky and they've been picked up by University of Berkeley, yep. Skylab Accelerator. Yep. Now, has that accelerator now completed? Yeah, yeah, we finished that in November. They've taken investments in you. Is it 100,000 US? They put 100,000 US in, yep. yep, on really good terms too. Any other investment you've taken or you're raising? Or? We've raised half a million US so far um, okay. from a really interesting group of people. Um, in the States? Yeah, um, actually most of it from Australia. Um, oh, I think okay. 350 of it from Australia. Uh, and then 150 from the combination of one, um, an angel um, who's the founder of Guitar Hero, really cool person to help oh. us make this really like usable and interesting to people. How did you get to meet the founder of Guitar Hero? <laughs> he was a UC Berkeley alumni. Yeah. There you there go. You go. Yeah. It's all who you know. It's yeah. the network. Mm. So how does, I suppose, yeah, investment from Silicon Valley compare to to Australian investment? We were investment? we were super lucky and I can really only speak to my journey Um but we met some awesome people here, people like Matt McFarlane, Tim Brewer, um, Andrew Larson from Larson Ventures, mm. um, and a whole bunch of other like really um, 
open-minded, forward-thinking angels who I think invested in us as a team more than an idea because it was still very early and invested in us because they knew that um, our roots were here and it would come back to Perth and help their ecosystem. Um, so for us, it was not hard. Like it's never easy to get money out of people, but um, <laughs> it wasn't like we weren't dealing with a lot of the horror stories that I've heard a lot of people in, in similar situations to me deal with like really aggressive terms, right. um, really complicated contracts. We actually had a, a, a pretty easy journey with um, Telstra helping us with the Meridia Accelerator mm. um, and some really good angels. Like this is your pre-revenue. You haven't sold any of the edge yet. So we, raising uh, money without revenue, money. how hard is <laughs> that? Yeah. Um, I mean, if it were from traditional like investment banking or financial analysis mindset, um, yeah. the the people who have invested in us would not have invested in us. Um, but yeah, having that kind of like Silicon Valley tech perspective, pre-revenue investment is obviously the norm. Um, and yeah, we actually had a goal last year of making revenue for the first time. We did. We made 30 grand US so far, which okay. is exciting, that's but yeah. doesn't uh, justify the amount of money that we're raising. No. But that's not from selling your hardware, presumably. That's from um, selling um, positions in our early access partnership program. So we didn't want to do a pre-order or sell our device yet. We wanted to give people the opportunity to like show that they were really interested in what we're doing mm -hmm. um, and show investors that they were and then also hold us to account like testing our product with someone who is just a mate or like is, has an affection to you is not a good yeah. idea because it biases the feedback so we wanted to get really honest brutal feedback from people who had put money down and yeah making revenue is always good too <laughs> never a bad thing so how are Australian and WA startups viewed overseas what is that the same as anyone else or yeah. do you notice any differences um I don't think a lot of people think about Australia as much as Australians think that they do. <laughs> yeah. Like, um, you know, when you go traveling. Very conscious of it. Yeah, yeah. Like, there is a general, like, vibe of affection towards us. Um, and people often think of us as very trustworthy, um, good people. They like the accent every single conversation. They're talking about <laughs> kangaroos and koalas and stuff like that. And you just say, yep, moving on. Um, but uh, in terms of like, the tech context, um, I don't think people think seriously as of Australia as like one of the big players yeah. as much as like it's a yeah right. but it's not Sounds a hindrance good. to you going over there you're not yeah. treated like some alien not at all yeah right. you're accepted you're part of the scene there's been a couple of conversations that have been like oh you're from Australia I need to like know that you can do this properly but it's not like a um negative perception so much as a, I don't really know what to expect right yep. they want to make sure the alignment's yeah, Same. people think of us as a really small market. Um, they, a lot of people have met really smart people who work at tech companies in Silicon Valley from Australia, but not necessarily founders. Yep. It's quite hard to raise money here in WA, especially if you're pre-revenue, but you've managed to do it. They say it's much easier in Silicon Valley. You fall off a plane and, and with mm. an idea, people can raise money. Is that true or, or not? Or is it just as hard over there, but there's just more people? Actually, I think, yeah, our journey is all I can speak to. Um, no. But in my experience, it's been harder because right. the standard more over there is... as well. Yeah, there's more players, more people doing like really ambitious things. Um, and so for us, we're doing something that's really ambitious. So we're not actually like abnormal over there. Whereas here, the scope of our vision and like the team all quitting really professional jobs and stuff mm. like that really seemed to set us apart and helped us um, become investable, I guess. But over there, it's like... The, the scale of competition is so much higher. I think it's easier to get a small amount of money over there um, than it is here, like a hundred grand, because people will give you a shot. But I don't think it's necessarily easier. Um, I actually think it's harder to get past that hundred grand part in in the US because you just have to accelerate so much faster, show so much more proof. 
right. and compete with really ambitious people, yeah. So based on that, what advice would you give to other startup founders looking to do what you've done or what advice yeah. you wish you yeah. had had in early on in your journey? Oh, the advice that I got was perfect. Oh. Go there and <laughs> like expose yourself to the just incredible like rapidity and broad scope of everything going on over there. Mm. Um, it's kind of the, the same reason that I, I went to um, an expensive boys school of my own choice in like the last two years of, of school. I really wanted to be like a small fish in a big pond rather than uh, like just a fish in small pond. Um, in San Francisco and in America in general, you're just competing on like such a higher standard um, with so many more learning resources and like yardsticks to point against yourself. Whereas here, it's like, especially if you're doing something weird like what we're doing, um, it's really difficult to know how fast you're making progress like relative to the good quality companies that are out there, the good quality founders. Yeah. And I think um, us going to Silicon Valley and America in general as part of the Muraday program was the reason that we are still alive today, which is success in the startup world, but then also the reason that we've had some success too because it really forced us to broaden the scope of our vision and yeah. motivate ourselves and become that much more disciplined knowing what we were up against. So yeah. what's next? You've hinted that there are some announcements coming which you can't talk about, but you just are releasing or have released The Edge. Is that right? Yeah, no, no. yet. you said there's um, another version coming or it's... We were going to release it in November. Um, right. It was going to be like the final version. We would have raised money to do manufacturing between now and then. Right. Um, but we um, have uncovered some pretty incredible technological breakthroughs that will we think turn the industry on its head, which sounds uh, crazy, but I think it'll be true. Okay. Um, and then also we have a hypothesis of a very incredible business model innovation as well, um, which will also be really interesting. And um, to the first few investors and advisors that we've told about it in the States, it seems like it's going to be really big. So, um, so that yeah. means you're not going to be releasing the edge in November because no. it's going to be something even bigger, much bigger. All right. Fantastic. Exciting. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I can't see what it is. He's sitting here nodding, smiling to himself like it's a villain in a James Bond movie. It's awesome. <laughs> it it's is, great. It's we're um, we're, in, a, we're in an interesting part of the journey right now where right. Yeah, a lot of people have heard of the word pivot before in the startup context, right? Yes. Where you like change what you do so radically that you're basically a different company. Mm-hmm. We're making a almost a pivot because it's such a big update to what we do, but mm-hmm. we're doing the same company, the same science, the same everything. So, yeah, it's... um. Well, you'll keep us abreast of what you do, and that'll be Maybe great. Maybe you'll have the, the biggest 2019 story. It sounds like. That's coming well, up. Well, two, two, two years in a row. Say <laughs> hi to Ahmed, Chris, and the guys. And yeah. It's fantastic to have you back in Perth uh, for a couple of weeks uh, being on our podcast. We're going to finish with a rapid-fire quick round. Oof, this went so, quick. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You're nearly done. So the single most important factor that makes a successful startup. Um, yeah, the resilience of the founders, totally. Yep. Um, I think different startups and different business models um, require really different things of the startup to, mm. to be the single most important thing. But for a startup that's really ambitious um, and wants to do something difficult, um, it's very hard to get it right the first time. And so you need to be prepared to pick yourself up every time you fall down um, and keep going. And I think that what I've seen in San Francisco and Silicon Valley in general hustle makes all the difference and even if you're not as smart as the people you're competing against or not as well financed or you know whatever being resilient and keeping going is the determining factor so do you believe in insourcing or outsourcing hmm Um, I think different answers to different questions Um, I think outsourcing technology in a technology company 
can be problematic from what I've seen. I've never tried. Um, I, I think if you don't understand what you're doing, don't outsource it. But if there's a good like, economic reason for doing it, I don't see a reason not so to. So amongst your team, you've got the coding ability or... We do everything ourselves yeah. at the moment, yeah. yeah. But we're definitely starting to work with contractors who are more experienced or have a, a better perspective, yeah. I don't think there's a hard and fast answer to that question, yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, possibly the same for this one. Should a startup self-fund or raise money? Um, I think depending on the business again, self-funding shows a lot of like investment, personal investment from to the investors that you go and then ask for money. Um, and it's really good if you're in a position to do it. We weren't in a position to massively self-fund ourselves and it seemed to be fine. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think um, really believing in your business and its viability can be shown by self-funding. And if you, don't, if you have the money to self-fund and not give a large percent of your company to investors early on, it's good for you too. So, Are you PC yeah. or a Mac person? I personally am a Mac person um, yes. just, just because... <laughs> It doesn't crash as much. Uh, <laughs> there's less maintenance to be done and the calendar and apps are better. But I uh, have a PC too for different purposes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Red or white? Interesting question. Uh, definitely white. All right. <laughs> there we go. There we yeah. go. Any podcasts you like to listen to, apart from this one, of course? Um, yeah, I really, really like, you know, the typical startup podcast, which is the Masters of Scale by Reid Hoffman. Yes. I, That's I come even, up a few times. Yeah. Yeah. It's just so like exciting and invigorating to get like the inside stories of the wicked companies that you see in the, in the And you also business. mentioned a local one called the Layman's Podcast. Those guys are awesome. Yeah. Yeah. yeah um, Check them out. Interviewing a lot of really interesting people here in Perth. Um, definitely worth a listen. A listen. Fantastic. Well, thank you so much, Ian. Uh, We want to wish you and the HUM team all the very best for the future and we would love for you to come back and tell us about it and hopefully eventually come back to Perth and share it with us. And thank you to everyone for listening. Don't forget to give the Startup West podcast a lovely review because that's what helps people to find us and do subscribe so that you can get our next podcast in your feed. You can also now find us on Spotify as well as on all your other favourite podcast platforms. Also, I'd like to give a shout out to other West Australian podcasts. We mentioned the layman's one, um, but I found one that UWA does called Raising the Bar, where they have uh, educational talks in pubs. Do <laughs> look that out. It's really Sounds good, really actually. Cool. It's yeah. very interesting. And I want to thank all our sponsors. Startup West podcast is brought to you by Startup News and Alika. Thanks, Alika and Beth. Nice. And brought to you by the fine people at Raise, Space Cubed, Curtin University and BDO. Thanks, Ian. Thank you for having me. It's been great, guys. See you next time.